Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Chris McKeegan podcast. I am Chris McKeegan PT. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at I am Chris McKeegan PT, or you can follow me on my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash I am Chris McKeegan PT. Um, okay, so for the first episode, I thought it would be a good idea to um, talk about my background um, in the sense of kind of how I started off um, with my fitness journey. I hate when people call it a journey, but you get the idea. Um, so how I started off um, and what ultimately led me to becoming a PT um, and also give a little bit of insight into um, like my kind of mindset when I first started. Um, so hopefully if you are a a relatively new PT or if you're thinking about doing it, um, you'll get a little bit of insight into kind of like the early days of, of the industry, what to expect and so on and so forth. Okay. So I've, I was always a pretty big kid. Um, so, you know, I was just a fat, fat dude, basically. Um, it got to like, I don't know, maybe when I got to college and started discovering, you know, drinking and, other stuff um and late night kebabs and stuff like that that ultimately just years and years of just wrecking my body through that made me really really pile on the weight um i tried a few times to shift the weight um i remember i did a stint at slimming world um and i actually won slimmer of the year which is pretty mental considering i didn't follow their plan at all and actually looking back at it um at that time i had a pretty awful relationship with food um basically i lost i lost a good two stone i think and all i ate for breakfast lunch and dinner for about a year was beans on toast which don't get me wrong beans on toast is a meal of kings but you know when you when you're at that stage of your life when you know food's no longer enjoyable and you're just eating to drop weight then yeah, it doesn't become fun anymore. So, funnily enough, once I stopped doing Slimming World and stopped going to the meetings and just started eating as I regularly did, the weight piled back on. Um, and I think I was either 31 or 32. I'm 37 now. Um, but I was working for a mobile phone uh, retailer. And I remember one day at work... Um, it was sort of early in the morning. Um, I just had, just had my normal morning coffee. Um, and I went to use the toilet. I went for a piss and, um, it was like blood red. Like it was just pure blood. Obviously I was a little bit, a little bit worried, but didn't think too much of it. I thought, you know, maybe, maybe I had something with food coloring it. I don't, don't know. Didn't think that much into it. A couple of hours later, I had to use the loo again. And sure enough, the same thing happened. And it happened another couple of times throughout the day. So I thought, right, I need to um, I need to book a doctor's appointment and ultimately get this sorted out. So, yeah, I went, I went to the doctor, um, kind of told him that I was, you know, pissing blood and so on and so forth. Um, and I remember the doctor kind of, a couple of times drops the big C word, 
no, no, not that one. Um, cancer. Um, and I remember my GP even said to me that there could be a risk of bladder cancer, which, you know, I was early 30s. That, that shit me up pretty, pretty badly. So I started worrying about my health and, oh my God, am I going to die? All these mental thoughts like, went through my head, which no one ever, especially at that age, should ever have to go through. Um, and it, yeah, it was a pretty shit time, but I went, I went to hospital, had all the checks done, um, had things inserted in me, which to this day is probably the single least pleasant experience of my life. Um, and the wait for that letter from the hospital took, took a couple of weeks, but it felt like years, man. Um, anyway, got the letter through, turned out it was all in the clear. Um, they couldn't really figure out what had happened, uh, but they suspected it might've just been a blood clot that had come through. Either way, I was fine. So I had a massive, massive weight take on my shoulder, but then at the same time, that really kind of got me thinking, well, you know, maybe I should stop, stop being a dick, stop drinking so heavily and get, get myself sorted out. So, so I signed up to a local boot camp, um, and they did six week blocks. And I remember I signed up for three of them. So this is like, what, 18 weeks. And during those 18 weeks, I went hell for leather. I, I think with the exception of like two or three mornings, I went to every single session, um, and I really got hooked in by the fitness bug, um, which I've noticed that people who are new to fitness, um, they do tend to get kind of hooked right into it. And they, yeah, they really go for it, which again, looking back at it now, again, that was a very unhealthy time. Um, and I will go a little bit more into it in a second, but um, so at this time I was doing a boot camp first thing in the morning and I'm talking like quarter to six in the morning. So really early. Uh, and also at this time, uh, the uh, guy that was running the boot camp was also doing kickboxing a couple of nights a week. So I started doing that as well, just to, you know, ramp my energy levels up and just to ramp that fitness and weight loss even further. Um, and also at this time, um, I uh, took an interest in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um one of my uh, one of my good friends of mine who's now a black belt in it um basically invited me along to a session uh, one night to see how I see how I got on with it. And I remember I remember this session very well because it was um it was the the main um how's the best way to describe it like the main the main sort of black belt um was in attendance and I remember my very first ever BJJ role was with was with him another black belt and um one of the guys that ended up becoming one of my mentors um who is now also a black belt but at the time he was a blue belt and I remember I just got the shit kicked out of me for a good couple of hours and I loved it so so Brazilian jiu-jitsu was going on the kickboxing was going on and I was doing my morning boot camp. So I was, I went from not being active in the slightest to absolutely gunning for it. Um, and after, and after a while of doing this boot camp, um, it, it dawned on me 
that, and this isn't a criticism because I say fair play to the guy. He's making a lot of money from it and he has changed a lot of people's lives. But I started to notice that it was becoming a very clicky, very closely knit group of people within this boot camp. Um, and it all, you know, got a bit bitchy and a little bit gossipy. And I wasn't really down for that. Um, and one thing that they did as well was at the end of every six-week block, there was always a week off. Then they'd do the next six um, six weeks. But in that week, they almost encouraged you to just eat all the food. I'm not even kidding. Like, on the last day of your six-week block, like people would be bringing in donuts to share and cakes and all sorts. And I'm... Yeah, at first it was like, well, hey, cool, I've just done these first, you know, I've just done the six weeks of hardcore training and diet, I deserve a donor. But after a while, I just thought, okay, well, why so much emphasis on this? And it's basically because all the six weeks that you've done, you then eat like a glutton, glutton, gluten, you basically eat like a bell end for a week. And then you obviously sign up for the next six to, you know, because you feel guilty or whatever. Um... And so after a few weeks, I just thought, nah, not into this anymore. Like, this whole mentality is just weird. So I stopped doing the boot camp. And ultimately, I stopped doing kickboxing as well. Carry on doing the Brazilian jiu-jitsu because at this at this time, I was maybe going like sometimes like five, six, seven times a week. I was really into it. Um, so I... Then at this point, um, girl started dating. Um, she basically turned around to me and, you know, we were chatting away and I kind of said to her, look, I've been thinking about becoming a personal trainer. Look, I've shedded all this weight. At this stage, I was 14 and a half stone, which again, looking back at it, I was so, so tiny. It was ridiculous. Um, it's a 14 and a half stone and I told her I wanted to become a personal trainer. Um, and she said, you know, I thought you'd think you'd be really good at it. Like you're quite good at listening and coaching. Why not give it a go? So signed up, signed to become a personal trainer. Um, did the, the six month, I did the six month option. So Certainly in the UK anyway, um, most PT courses last six weeks. So you basically cram it all in, do a couple of exams, boom, you're a PT, off you go. Which, again, now I've had a few years in the industry, I think uh, the PT course, certainly one I did anyway, taught me very little. um, And it also taught me the wrong stuff. Um, If, say for example, if I was going to do a PT training course, like my own one, for example, I'd probably make it at least double the length and I would spend a lot more time going into things like how to run a self-employment business, how to advertise yourself, marketing, so on and so forth. Because they didn't touch on anything like that. Excuse me. Um, So I did my course, got my qualification. All right, cool. Where do I go from here? So I started off um, PTing... Uh, part-time while I was holding a full-time job um, and I I quite enjoyed that it gave me something to do in the evenings I was earning a little bit extra money um, but at the same time I 
hated my full-time job so much. It was it was probably the one thing at the time that I was the most unhappy about. It killed me. It really did. Um, so after a little while of PTing on the side and doing my full-time job, I had an opportunity come up where a relatively new gym opened up in my area and I thought, do you know what? I'm going to give it a go. I've worked hard for this qualification. I may as well have a crack at it. So I... Applied to become a PT there, got the job. Um, I gave up my full-time job. I basically gave them, gave them notice, sacked it off, and went to become a PT straight away. Um, I did really well at the start. Um, I picked up clients pretty much straight away. Um, and this is because I've spent, A, I've spent years in sales, so I've got no qualms in kind of, just going up to somebody and starting a conversation. Um, but it was also because I just spent so much time on the gym floor chatting to people that, again, it was inevitable, especially in a new gym as well, where, you know, you're a new face and a lot of the PTs there are new to people. Um, and I think, I think at the time, everybody else who was a personal trainer did it for quite some time anyway. Um, so, yeah, um, so that was kind of how I got into the industry and how I started PTing um, and now I want to talk a little bit about my mindset in terms of the personal training side of things um, at this sort of time so day one of being a full-time PT I've got no money coming in um, but I'm just doing my thing and I, rem- I remember the um I got a bit of backlash from somebody who worked in my old gym um, on one of my social medias. This is on day one, basically slagging me off, um, saying not very nice things. And unfortunately, if you are looking to become a personal trainer, um, this is something you're going to have to deal with. I, I don't know if it's because of my kind of no bullshit stance or the fact that I don't really give two fucks um i've i've had a lot i've not a lot but i've had a little bit of shit from a couple of local pts and i just think do you know what it's cute that you're thinking about me but i'm not in the slightest bit thinking about you so and i always say that hate starts on the bottom up so that's just my mindset on it but if you are looking to become a new personal trainer, that is something that you that you are going to have to deal with at some stage. Someone somewhere will either be jealous of what you're doing or will just want to give you shit for the sake of giving you shit, which is fine. That's cool. Um, so that was on day one. I got a lot of grief, but where my mindset was really at, and at this time, I was probably at the heaviest I've ever been. Um not ever, but in terms, so since I lost all the way, I got down to like 14 and a half stone. I'm currently at 16, but at this time I was maybe more pushing towards a 17 stone mark. And I remember thinking like, not only am I new to the industry, so no one's going to take me seriously anyway, but I'm also, you know, I'm 17 stone and I'm not, you know, I haven't got a six pack or, I'm not the strongest or fittest or tallest or even most attractive PT in this gym. So how on earth am I going to 
how on earth am I going to survive? And let me tell you something. Having a six-pack will not make you a good PT. Getting your hair cut every three or four days will not make you a good PT. Um, reading all the books in the world and having all the knowledge in the world, having all the certificates in the world will not make you a p- good PT. What will make you a good PT is being personable. Personable? Personal. Just, just don't be an idiot. Just be a nice, just be a nice human being. Um, the majority of my clients I've picked up just by chatting on either the social medias or even just on the gym floor. Um, so as a, again, if you're a new PT listening, hit that gym floor to start chatting to people. Even if like you really don't like approaching people or if you're a bit anxious about it, just just be visible on that gym floor. You know, eventually over time you might start becoming a bit more comfortable with your regulars and the members that come in quite a lot. You might be able to eventually spark up a conversation with someone. And before you know it, that's when your client base will go up. Um, posting endless topless selfies showing off your six pack on Instagram. Yeah, you might get loads of likes, but it's not going to get you new clients, is it? Um, especially if you're working in a commercial gym um, where it's mainly going to be people wanting to lose weight, you know, tone up. They're going to take one look at you and instantly be put off. Instantly. Um, so I remember, again, going back to how I was feeling, like I was, you know, didn't have a six pack or whatever. I felt like no one was ever going to take me seriously, um, which is quite a weird thing to experience you know if you think about it you've spent all this money on a qualification um you know you should just get on with it but unfortunately the the personal training and fitness industry is you know a lot of it's how you look um so anyway you know a few years later i've you know stripped off the you know the body fat and been working on my strength and so on and so forth but the one piece of advice I would give anybody looking to get into the industry is just soak up as much knowledge as you can and take as much advice from as many people as possible because although um, I've worked with some morons in my time um, they have in some part or another given me some really good advice and Everybody that I've ever spoken to has given me some outstanding advice. So, you know, if if you are new to the industry, just be humble. If someone wants to give you a bit of advice, listen to it and take it. Because um, it is a tough industry. And, you know, the things they don't tell you in PT school are things like, you know, you have to spend hours at home doing admin and you're going to have to work really weird shift patterns. Like you're going to be... In first thing in the morning, you're going to have a long lunch break. You're going to be in till late at night. Sometimes you have to work weekends, depending on your clients, and so on and so forth. And it can be really difficult. Um, don't get me wrong, you know, the same flip of the coin. You can make a lot of money on the gym floor. Um, but you are going to work a lot of hours. So, 
it depends it you know it depends on your circumstances um or how much you want to get out of it but ultimately just do the best you can um and if it doesn't work out then hey at least you're giving it a go right um if it does work out cool fair play um what other bit of advice can i um Oh, one one really good bit of advice I was given way, way, way back when I was still in PT school, in quotations. Um, invest in a good pair of socks. Um, and at the time, I was like, eh? What, what difference does that make? Let me tell you now, if you're new to the, the PT gym floor and you're on your feet for like, you know, 12 plus hours a day, a good pair of socks is going to save your bacon. So get a good pair of socks work hard get as much knowledge as you can um don't copy anyone else just be yourself and my last last real good bit of advice to this is for everyone really not just for personal trainers but for the love of christ don't use the smith machine and if you are going to use the smith machine don't record yourself doing dog shit squats on the smith machine and upload it to your Instagram because just wow, just don't do that. Um, but yeah, that's been episode one. Um, hopefully, you've had at least a little bit of fun listening to my voice rambling on. Um, episode two will be coming up maybe next week or so. Um, I've been asked by one of my clients, Bex, hello by the way, um, to discuss um, calorie deficit. Um, which is uh, a bit of a buzzword in the fitness industry that you may or may not heard of. Uh, people like James Smith and Deering Cartel are big on it, um, and rightfully so. Um, so I'll explain a bit more about how it works, um, how you can work it out for yourself, um, so on and so forth. Um, alternatively, if you do have any topics you would like to discuss in the future then please feel free to send me a dm on instagram or you can send me an email i am chris mckeegan pt um at gmail.com i had to think about that for a second um but yeah otherwise um episode two will be coming up next week sometime and i will discuss calorie deficit um until then have a delightful rest of your day bye